Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. Hello, hello, listeners. Welcome to our podcast. This is Kim Selby, the San Francisco editor of the Three Tomatoes newsletter and one of the hosts of the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour podcast. So I invite you to grab your green juice or your vegan wine as I introduce Elizabeth Alfano. She is, among many other things, a well-known plant-based food, news, and lifestyle expert and a personal coach. So please join me as we learn all about the benefits of a plant-based lifestyle. Welcome, Elizabeth, and thank you for joining me today. Hi there, Kim. It's great to be here. Well, we are thrilled to discuss plant-based eating with you because it is such a big deal now since the Impossible Burger is being served at Burger King and the Beyond Burger being served at Carl's Jr. I know that plant-based eating is on the forefront of most people's minds. Do you find that true? Yes, all the time. And it's so funny because when I really started talking about a plant-based, oh, four years ago or something like this, you know, sometimes people would make a joke here or there about, you know, hugging trees and this kind of thing. And now everybody says, and I'm talking grown men who really, you know, are the manliest of men, if you will. I find everybody saying, oh yeah, me too. I'm really, I'm really working out the meat. I'm bringing in the plants. And my wife and daughter are already vegan. So it's, it's everybody's talking about it. No, I, I so agree with that. Meatless Mondays is a thing. And you really do. I think it's wonderful personally because I eat primarily a plant-based lifestyle myself and have for several years, mostly because I actually prefer that kind of a diet. But tell us a little bit about how you got started on your personal journey into a plant-based lifestyle or has this been something that has been with you for 20 years or so? Well, uh, it's sort of 40 years in the making and then four years of being really uh, to the letter about it. So as a kid, I just couldn't eat meat. I just, I knew something was wrong. It didn't feel right. I couldn't chew it. I couldn't swallow it. It made me feel sick. I couldn't digest it. And so being four, five, six, I did what a, an average kid would do. You know, I spit it out. I, <laughs> I made faces. I complained. And my parents, being normal parents, you know, I, I should say for the record, I love my folks and they love me back. Uh, they were panicked that I wasn't going to get enough food and, you know, incorrectly so. They were worried that I wouldn't get enough protein. So they punished me really severely because... I wasn't of the faint at heart. I wasn't taking their instruction at all. So they, they, you know, kept me at the dinner table three or four nights a week by myself for several hours. They locked me in my room. I couldn't come out. I couldn't be with the rest of the family. Um, it was it was pretty severe because I was stubborn. I wouldn't give in. And then I started 
hiding meat and lying about it, saying that I had eaten it, but really I'd put it in my pants pocket or I'd hid it oh. under the table. And then they found me lying and they punished me for that. So well into my adult years, I really thought I had no choice and I had to eat meat. And of course, I didn't like this at all. So I was kind of the closet vegetarian. Whenever we'd go out to dinner, I would just sort of say, oh gosh, you know, I just feel like pasta. You know, I didn't want to make a big deal out of it. I didn't want to talk about it. I just wanted no one to notice that I was the person always getting the salad and the pasta. Yeah, and that's, that's interesting that you knew from, and I think that's, yeah. So it wasn't really ethically based at the time. When I was a kid, I guess you'd say no, except that I actually feel intuitively it was. Mm. I mean, I just, I just knew something was wrong. Of course, I couldn't articulate it, but I just, it just didn't feel right. And then about four years ago, my nephew, who's an athlete at the University of Oregon, he came home for Thanksgiving, the first break from college, and my mother, so his grandmother was serving turkey, and he said, oh yeah, no way. Coach told me, if I'm gonna be healthy, no meat, no dairy. Wow, I, that's impressive. Well, it's embarrassing that as someone way into their 40s, I was like, you got permission from an authority <laughs> figure? I've been waiting for permission my entire life. I was vegan mid-sentence. Wow. I just That's needed an authority to say it was okay. It's weird. No, I get that. I totally get that. I mean, I my own experience is that I'd go out to eat with my parents. They didn't care. And I would order applesauce and vegetables or something <laughs> like that, you know, a long time ago. It's just for me. But then I started reading about, you know, the ethical part about it. And I also feel better. And I think more, some people argue, I don't know if you've come across this and say, well, my body just needs me. What do you say to people like that? Um, I would say that it is very hard for anyone to divorce what we've been conditioned to eat culturally and what our bodies really need. I think a lot of people feel that their body just needs coffee. And actually that's conditioning obviously as well. Nobody needs coffee. We can all function without coffee, but people say that a lot. So I think that's just um, one of the many I'm going to use the word excuses, but that almost sounds harsh and hardcore, and I don't mean it to. I think it's just one of the uh, knee-jerk reactions we can have because it's what we know, and people just do what they know. So I don't think that anybody just needs meat. Um, that's not to say that there aren't very particular situations of you might have Crohn's disease, you know, you might have very particular things that need to be addressed through nu nutrition. And I'm not talking about those rare exceptions, but the average person, no, does not need meat. So what started, so about four years ago, then you just said, okay, great. My nephew got permission. So I'm giving myself permission to do this. And then what got you started on to actually bringing this to the public? Oh my gosh. I felt that I had been gagged for decades. Like as soon as I had that permission, I had to shout it from the mountaintops because I immediately started doing it. And, you know, of course I figured, oh, I'm going to shed a little bit of weight, which, oh, hey, woohoo, woohoo, I did. But I didn't realize what a boost of energy I would get, you know, and so I've sort of told my age already. So, you know, you're getting older, whatever, you're starting to feel a little bit sluggish. 
I got this huge boost of energy. And then what I really didn't bank on was I hadn't realized what heavy weight I was carrying by being involved with meat and dairy, by just mm. supporting those industries or being a part of it or having it in my system, my body. And I just felt this huge state of relief come when I was like, oh yeah, I do not support those things with my dollars. Woof, I feel so much better. That's, that's wonderful. And in, in what ways, just so you can tell people, I know you do a host of many different things and you, uh, at, on your website, you provide, you provide uh, some recipes. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you do a lot and you, I know you host a podcast as well and you also do YouTube videos. I saw that. So can, can you extrapolate a little bit on the benefits of plant-based eating? I know that's, that's a very huge, huge uh, question, but if you can just give, you know, some ideas so that people who may not be familiar with the benefits can, can take away some nuggets. Sure thing. Um, so first of all, I do really recommend for everyone to hit up my website, elizabethalfano.com. I have a lot of recipes there and I do do personal coaching so I can kind of walk you through all the benefits, very particular to your lifestyle. So, you know, ultimately for it to work and for you to get the benefits, it has to coexist with your lifestyle, how you work. Um, you know, maybe you're somebody who's at the office 12 hours a day, just depends on what you, you need. So I really do make custom meal plans and sort of reorganize people's kitchens and help them make that transition. Because again, we do what we know. And if you're not familiar with this, it's really hard for people to shift over and then get the benefits of a plant-based diet. So the benefits are, yes, you may lose some weight. Um, I don't want to say 100%. So if you're already one of those very lucky people who's been running underweight by like a pound or two your whole life, uh, that's not my case. So lucky, lucky you. If you're one of those people, well then no, you know, you're, you're not really going to lose weight. But if you're struggling with 20, 30, 40 pounds, yeah, this for sure is going to shed some weight for you. So that's an obvious benefit. And then, like I said, just feel so much more energetic. So um, a lot of these foods, not just meat and dairy, but also sugars and processed food uh, and fried foods, these things, they can give you a spike in energy and then you crash and then you're needing more of the same to get back up and then you crash again. So it becomes a life really on this, um, oh, that, that wheel that, you know, the circle that people run on, you know, the merry right, the, tr- the tr- Yeah, the hamster wheel, whatever, yeah. Yeah, just cannot get off that so that it really helps to sort of even out your energy levels all day and you'll find extra energy and i'm not kidding about that so if you haven't seen the movie the game changers obviously that movie is talking about professional athletes but um one of the reasons they all switched over to a plant-based diet is because when they run their bodies so hard their bodies need to recover and the way to recover faster the way to heal your body faster and to get more energy so you can be back competing is a plant-based diet and the same is going to hold true for you even if you are not a professional athlete so uh, there's benefit there and then i really do feel like i'm not a woo-woo person at all but I really do feel you get that comet cosmic sort of lift. I mean, I, I just had no idea. And again, not woo woo at all. I did never thought that I would have this weight just lifted from me by not having this 
gook in my body and by not supporting these things that I never believed in. So you're, there's a lot, there's a lot of benefits. Um, so is talking about, well, I have a couple of questions. I mean, because I've done a lot of re research kind of on just because of health issues on, on different kinds of plant-based eating. And you know, there's, there's Dr. Steve Gundry, the, who wrote The Plant Paradox, and I don't know if you're familiar with it, but he talks, which really bothers me, about how you're not supposed to eat legumes or you know beans because they put up a, I, I'm gonna get this completely wrong, I know someone will know, but I think they put up, they weren't meant to be eaten many years ago, and they put up a defense and it caused some poisoning in, your, in, in people many years ago, of course, so you're supposed to, you know, things like my beloved chickpeas and all the beans and things that I love, you know, I still eat them. But he says they're not good for you unless you cook them in an Instapot or whatever. What do you have to say about anything like that? I mean, is this, do you eat beans and nuts and seeds? Um, okay, for the record, I live on beans and nuts and seeds. And while I am not a doctor, but I am in the process of getting a certificate from E. Cornell University in plant-based nutrition, and also um, hopefully the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine sometime this February. So I'm in the process of getting these uh, nutrition certifications. And I, I would never, particularly in my current state, you know, uh, criticize another doctor who's researched this their whole life. So I won't take on that person specifically, but I will say I have interviewed, you mentioned I have a podcast, the Awesome Vegans podcast. I have interviewed so many doctors, one of them being Dr. Kim Williams, who's the past president of the American College of Cardiology, and he's the current head of Rush Medical Center of Cardiology in Chicago. And he specifically talks about uh, this doctor in that study saying how inaccurate that is. Um, I can only speak from my own education and my own experience. I live on legumes. Yay. Yes, <laughs> they have to be cooked. Of course, they have to be cooked, folks. Of course. Right. But otherwise, go to town. It's a great source of protein. It's um, um, fiber, fiber. I'm embarrassed to say this. I just kind of, I mean, I guess I always knew it, but I just brought it to the forefront of my mind that meat has no fiber. We're just talking about the benefits of a plant-based diet. You cannot be healthy if you're eating a lot of stuff that has no fiber. And the um, average American eats 215 pounds of meat a year. Oh. And since you and I, Kim, don't eat meat, that means somebody else out there is eating 300 or 400 pounds of meat a year oh i i mean i see well i i don't think in my entire life i've ever and i'm older than you are i've ever ordered a piece of meat out i have ordered fish but i have never ordered a piece of meat in my life and but i have seen large very large portions of meat on people's plates and it just makes me cringe i can't but but you know what that's i don't want to ostracize anybody because it's up to everybody to make their own health choices right i mean we can just inform. Yes. I couldn't agree more. Oh gosh, certainly I'm not here to tell anyone what to do, but I am here to offer help if you are veg curious, if you'd like to say, hey, you know, on the weekends I let loose, but I should probably rein it in Monday through Friday. In fact, Kim, when you called me, I had lost track of time. I mean, I knew we had an interview today, but I had lost track of time and I was working on the Monday through Friday plant-based meal plan so that people can be good all week and then goof around on the weekend. So, you know, I am all about being open to everybody, but if you are interested, oh gosh, 
definitely I am here to help you and answer questions and give motivation and give meal plans. And, you know, also, Kim, I'll say, because you kind of mentioned your age there, uh, or, you know, gave yeah. a little hint, at least. Uh, we're talking about the benefits of aging backwards. So it's not just energy. I am, uh, well, okay, so here we go. I'm 52 and a half. I just feel like not only do I have energy, but my skin staying in shape, um, you know, all these things add to aging backwards, you know, looking healthy as an older person and being vibrant as an older person. So, you know, the smile, the gleam in your eye, your hair, your skin, all these things I feel, I, if I can say this about myself, I just feel that I'm much younger than my counterparts who are eating meat and dairy in their family. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you and I, uh, you do look amazing because I saw some YouTube videos. So <laughs> I can attest to the fact that you look fabulous. And I am older than you by 10 years and or so. And so I still have wrinkles because that's what happens. What we can't defy gravity completely. But I do feel um, like my skin has more glow to it. But uh, but I stopped dairy a few years back completely. And I think that has a lot to do with it too. I think Absolutely. many people are finding that they, even if they aren't officially lactose intolerant, they feel so much better not eating dairy. Absolutely. And uh, I'll sort of give a fun stat on that, that topic. You had mentioned in the beginning that I'm a plant-based life, plant-based food and lifestyle expert. So I do a lot of radio and a lot of TV and people call me in and say, okay, break down the news for us. Just kind of like what we're doing here. Uh, but here we're talking just about food. Sometimes they'll call me in for radio and TV also to talk about the environment or food policy or subsidies or uh, plant-based celebs, you know, so I kind of break down the news for the mainstream media. And uh, you are absolutely right that, um, you know, it's just, oh gosh, now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Come on now. I don't even know where we were either. Oh, that I said my skin glows more. You know, I feel like it's, you know, very healthy looking. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> so sorry. Uh, so this is a really interesting stat that I just learned, and it comes from the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine and also Switch for Good, so two organizations that I recommend everybody checks out. 65% uh, of Americans are lactose intolerant, and that number is much higher in the African-American community and the Asian-American community. So you're looking at more than half of the United States is lactose intolerant, you got to start thinking about why our government is still subsidizing and advertising to all of us that this is a healthy food when more than half of us can't digest it. It's yeah, that's so interesting. And, and not to mention all the hormones and, and yeah. antibiotics that get into the, the milk. Oh, just it's, it's a frightening statistic, I think, uh, that you have given us. It, it and, is. I actually think it's going to be a big media story in 2020. I think that, um, so the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine and Switch for Good, they both went and advised the dietary committee that is putting together the new dietary guidelines mm -hmm. for the USDA, which will come out at, for 2020 to 2025. They renew them every five years. So they're going to be up in 2020. And both of those organizations went to the, the guidelines committee and said, you better take dairy off the plate because it's racist and we sort of have our eye on you. So if the USDA doesn't take it out of the guidelines, I think it's going to be a big press story. 
I bet it will. I bet it will. But somehow you and the other plant-based advocates have managed to get into mainstream America with the advent of almond milk everywhere you go now, whether or not it, it is the best for you, you know, when you go to the, if you make your own, I know that it's better, but, and with the advent of getting all of these, uh, you know, faux burgers in people's hands. Yeah. And, and I don't know what you think about them. I know that I've read that the carbon footprint is reduced by eating these burgers, but are they really healthy? Oh, I love this question. Um, and again, I get this all the time on radio and TV. So I'll just go for a life cycle analysis done by the University of Michigan. And it compared a regular burger with a Beyond Meat burger. And the Beyond Meat burger is going to save 99% more water, 93% more land, 90% more greenhouse gas emissions, and 40% more energy. So the environmental footprint uh, is impossible to ignore. And right. you, then you have to think, okay, what are we doing with that excess land? So we could be planting trees and those trees could be affecting the carbon emissions for the universe. We're also going from 7 billion to about 10 billion people on the planet. So we could be planting more grains for people. So very interesting to think about that. But okay, then um, I'll hop in on what everyone's really talking about now. And I think this is pushed by the meat industry. Are these burgers healthy? So let's break right. it down. Uh, okay. The hamburger and the Beyond Meat, I'm just using Beyond Meat because it's there, but you know, in general, all these plant-based burgers are give or take gonna be the same, close to the same. Right. Okay, the, the regular burger and the plant-based burger, same in calories, give or take, same in fat, give or take, same in salt, give or take, and um, yeah, where they're different is we talked about meat having no fiber. So a plant-based burger is gonna have some fiber and you gotta have fiber if you're gonna have a healthy diet. A plant-based burger, here's the big one, is gonna have no cholesterol. So obviously your meat is gonna have a lot of cholesterol, the main culprit really in heart disease. And then you're not going to have the hormones that we talked about. You're not gonna have the antibiotics that you talked about. You're also not going to have animal heme. Animal heme is something that's found in animal meat that is bad for humans. They can't really digest it. And um, you're also not going to have something called TMAO, which is trimethylene oxide. And that is also very bad causing inflammation for humans. So you, I, I wouldn't say they're healthy. I mean, clearly the plant-based burgers aren't carrots. They're not cabbage, <laughs> you know, but they are healthier. And then they're a definite win for the planet. But I would say as a stepping stone, or, you know, I talked about my five-day meal plan, so you're good during the week, and then maybe you have some flexibility on the weekend. So, yeah, you know, it's a once-a-week kind of thing. It's not a three-times-a-day kind of thing, but right. definitely healthier. Well, it seems to be, I tasted an Impossible Burger at a restaurant, and I was shocked at how, I mean, I don't miss meat, so I'm not one of those people, but I think for people who who miss, who really love the taste of meat, I had to ask the person, is this really, are you sure you didn't give me a regular burger? Because I thought it tasted, I haven't had a burger in years, but I thought it tasted just like a burger. And they said, nope, it was the Impossible Burger 2.0. And I thought, well, that's great for people who are just, you know, dipping their toe in the water of a plant-based diet. I don't need to have one again, but I did try it. It was good. Yeah, isn't that so funny? And I think the reason that they're so spot on match is because another area where they're the same. So like I said, it's uh, salt, calories, and fat. 
right. are, you know, they both have the same kind of amount of fat and they both have the same amount of protein, give or take, but it's animal, uh, uh, sorry, it's plant-based fat. So it's basically coming from coconuts. Uh, and that makes a big difference. It's not animal fat. So it, is that right? So in these, um, you know, faux meat burgers, it's the coconut that they're coming from? It's, I mean, it, it depends. It depends. It's saturated fat, and I do believe it's from coconut oil. Huh. Um, but it does, it is going to vary on which burger. Um, but, you know, they're going to have about the same amount of fat. So you're not going to, you know, it's, it's, if you haven't tried one yet, first of all, you just got to go out there and try one, but it's nothing like the black bean burgers of the seventies or (laughs) even the garden burgers or whatever. It's, it's a burger. Yeah, it is a burger. Yeah. So I want to also ask about protein from plants. I know that we get protein from our beans and seeds and nuts, but what are the the leafy greens or whatever the plant, any kind of plant that gives us the most protein. Oh gosh. Well, it just uh, depends. I mean, when I really want protein, I'm going to lentils, obviously, you know, that kind of bean really is going to be the biggest, but even broccoli has protein and so do mushrooms. I mean, you don't think about it, but you know, mushrooms, and I don't know off the top of my head, I want to say like four grams of protein for, but I, I would have to just do a quick Google again. But I mean, even like a cup of mushrooms has protein, you know? So you can get so much protein, even things like quinoa has protein. Like I, I do this, okay, I eat this every day for breakfast and it's so fast. And I sometimes when I'm on TV and I'll be with plant-based athletes, I'm always making this for them. So oats have protein. You know, we were brought up to believe like you could only get protein in meat, so inaccurate. So um, I use fresh uh, tofu, so uncooked tofu, and raw oats. So tofu is going to have about six, seven grams for the slice that I do. And uh, oats are going to have about five grams of protein. And then I always do hemp seeds. Oh my gosh, how I love hemp seeds. They're going to have about six or seven grams of protein. And then some date syrup and some fresh fruit. And you're looking at 20 grams of protein in a simple breakfast bowl. So So do you cook the oats first? No. mm -mm. So do you soak them or you just eat them so I, you put the uncooked tofu, oats, hemp seeds, date syrup. So that's kind of the binding agent, the date yeah, syrup. And the fresh fruit, like berries, usually raspberries. Yeah. Berries. yeah and, and, you know, and obviously one of the things that is great, there is no cooking. So who's not a crazy person in the morning trying to get out the door going to work? So this is like, boom, boom, boom. A bunch of things fall in a bowl. You stir it around. And like while you're doing your makeup, you're eating, you know, I mean, it's so fast. Oh, I'm going to try that. I, I tend to stay away a little bit from tofu because we've also been told that there are harmful side effects sometimes about soy. What do you, and what are your thoughts on that? I mean, is there a, a kind of tofu that's better like the sprouted, I think maybe? Okay. Yeah. So here, here's, my take on on tofu, and I don't know if it's possible to give people links after this podcast is available, but I'd like to be able to link to some articles so that people can see the actual medical science. Uh, but I will say tofu is kind of a processed is the wrong word, and we have this negative connotation about the word processed, so I don't want you to think that 
tofu is Doritos. It's not at all. But it is going to be a little bit more processed from the actual soybean itself. So one of my very favorite things to cook with is tempeh, which is just flat out fermented soybean. It's like the most whole food, because I really do try to eat whole food plant-based myself. Uh -huh. so it is the whole, most whole food you can get. I love soy. Soy is going to give you lots of protein. I always go for the soy milk first. It's going to give you the most protein and it's usually just going to be soy and water. And, you know, sometimes almond milks and oat milks and things, sometimes they can add sugar and, yeah. I just, you know, you read the labels. Right. And this right. is why I, I personally coach people. So one of the best things you can do for yourself, folks, is really getting into the habit of reading those labels. But I always reach for soy milk. I always reach for tempeh. And I have no problem with tofu. I love it. I cook with it for dinner and then I will cook it. And I have it raw for breakfast. There are many studies. First of all, that study for men, if there are any men out there, uh, if you want to have a conversation about um, man breasts, I am here to tell you, that first of all, just look around you in Asia. None of the men have breasts. Uh, number two, if you are eating any meat, you are already eating gobs of soy that's because true. that's what they feed the cows. So, yeah. you know, you're getting lots of soy already. So if you don't have breasts, then you're probably obviously and you're eating soy you can put that together for yourself and then of course if you look at the guy on the beach who rips off his shirt and all heavy and has man breasts i don't think it's the tofu <laughs> i doubt that that guy's even eating tofu so uh, but but to be less jokey and more scientific there are many articles and i would like to just simply reference them for people and give them that to them that um soy actually protects your cells and and creates a healthy um, digestive system, but I want to—I want the medicine to speak for itself. So I'd love to link that for okay, you. Okay, we'll see if we can work that out. Well, I, all I have to say is three cheers. I'm so glad to hear that. I absolutely love tofu, and I don't eat it as much as I would like to because I love it. It's fabulous. So as we wind up, um, uh, can you give? I just would—I thought your YouTube video was so cute on um, aquafaba. Can you just tell people that your trick for cutting back calories um, for your salad dressing? There are so many great, everybody who's listening has to subscribe to your YouTube channel because you're absolutely adorable and you have such great tips. I've used aquafaba for baking before, but I never used it to how you talk. So talk a little bit about how you can uh, keep young by that little trick. Sure thing. So one of the things I like to do is give people tips for kind of working the clock backwards and aging backwards and staying young. And so ultimately that as you get older, gosh darn it, it's so unfair. You kind of got to cut your calories back, or at least I speak for myself. It's been helpful for me to cut my calories back. And uh, staying in shape, not being overweight is one of the things that keeps you trim and moving and looking healthy and looking your best. So me as a Sicilian, all I used to do was eat extra virgin olive oil and I would lean heavily on extra virgin olive oil for my salad dressings uh, with Dijon mustard and uh, red wine vinegar and lots of extra virgin olive oil and some rock salt. And what I've done is when I open a can of chickpeas and I strain out all my favorite chickpeas, I keep that liquid because it's liquid gold. I use that aquafaba and I replace the olive oil with it. So I make my exact same heavy Dijon mustard vinaigrette dressing, but now it's with aquafaba and I've cut the calories because, you know, oil's like 
120 calories per tablespoon and you're going to have four or five, six tablespoons in your salad dressing. And then it's boom, you know, how do you stay in shape when you've just added 700 calories <laughs> or whatever. So here's a chance with aquafaba to basically keep the taste because it's a, a, you know, if you ever remember from your chickpea can, it's kind of a thick, uh, rich, rich juice, really. So yeah, and that's why it's used, I think, as a replacement sometimes for different things in baking. I know I've tried it in some things. Well, I'm a big fan. Um, is there any, before we wrap up, any other little tip or anything you would like to say? I'm, I'm really thrilled. I could talk to you for hours about this because I'm very passionate about plant-based eating as well. But anything you want to leave our listeners with, I just, they will, we will put a link to your website and then hopefully they can follow through and follow all the leads to all the great articles and, and the information that you have gathered as well as your recipes. So anything else you would like to tell them quickly? Sure thing. Absolutely. Okay. Here's another tip. And that's the same goes true because ultimately we're trying to, you know, keep the calories low and still keep lots of energy. So when you are sauteing, don't use extra virgin olive oil, use a little bit of mushroom broth. So mushroom broth goes a long way. And even if it's not about the calories, if it's just about that umami taste, getting it in your recipes, when you make rice, don't make it with water, make it with mushroom broth. So now, mushroom broth make- go to. Do you make your own mushroom broth or do you buy it? You sure can. Yeah. Just take mushrooms and uh, boil them. And when you strain the mushrooms out, keep all that water and then use it for your rice dishes. Or if you're going to saute a little bit, you can do it in mushroom broth instead. So I find that's a great way to keep the calories down. And I, I live for it really. And then oh my gosh. I love that. That's so great because who doesn't, well, I'm a salt person. So I love that umami flavor. Ooh, that's a really good tip. I can't wait to get more of them on your website. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. And thanks for sending people to my website, elizabethalfano.com. I appreciate that. And then you're going to have all my recipes. So very shortly, I'm going to go back to writing that meal plan. Very <laughs> shortly, that five-day meal plan is going to be up. And I hope that people subscribe and get it. It'll be free. And of course, if you do need any personal coaching, I mean, for a lot of, you know, we grew up eating meat and dairy. So it's a huge switch. So it is. a lot of people do really need some guidance on how to shop, what they're looking for in their labels, what to get out of their kitchen, what to put in, and a couple basic recipes to feed their family that are super easy and fast. And I can help people with that, no problem. I love that. That's really awesome because we know food is so psychological and it has such a meaning to us, yes. whether it's from our family recipes or you know comfort food or whatever it is. And I think by you know talking to someone such as yourself, you can help people from what I'm gathering just by this brief conversation, help them uh, change their mindset and just help them live a healthier lifestyle by incorporating uh, changes that taste good too. Yes. Changes that are so beneficial and you don't have to sacrifice on taste. Plus I'll just say, I I love what you say about how integral food is to our lives. I mean, it's how we connect with one another. You know, food is giving and it's love and it's family and it's connection, it's community. And when we're not connected to our food source, we're really disconnected from ourselves. So, you know, that's just one more benefit of a plant-based lifestyle is it gets you back into the kitchen, connected to your food. Doesn't have to be a lot of time in the kitchen. I mean, we're all busy. I get that. A lot of these recipes are super simple and fast and you can make them on Sunday and they're going to last you the whole week, but it gets you back connected to your food and that's connection to yourself, your family, and your community. Oh my gosh, I love it. What a perfect way to end this podcast. 
thank you, Elizabeth, for your time today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course.